0: Welcome to another episode of I'm Already Tired with your hosts, Heather and Katie. Whether you're starting your day with us or just finished the longest day of your life, take a deep breath and join us because we're already tired.
1: Welcome back to another episode of I'm Already Tired with your hosts, Heather and Katie. And today we have special guest Luke in the house. Hey everybody. (laughs) Thank you so much for being here with us today. You
2: are very welcome.
0: So today, since Luke is our special guest, we let him choose the drink of the day. So you want to tell us a little about what we're having?
2: Yes. So this is Lady Grey tea. (laughs) The bigger backstory is in my therapy practice, I often have a cup of tea in my hand and uh, I offer tea to my clients as well and this is my favorite because it's got a lot of caffeine but Ooh. it's kind of got an orange flare, so it's delicious. Yeah,
0: it smells wonderful. I've never heard of this tea, but I'm very excited to try it.
1: The caffeine factors. Are be <laughs> I know. You got us with that one. That's oh, why I yeah. asked. Like,
0: do these have caffeine in them? Or are these caffeine free?
2: Well, if you're already tired, this is the good tea. There
0: you go. Perfect go get go-to tea, Lady Lady Grey. Um, so just a little bit about Luke. So I've known Luke since second grade. Second grade, first grade, second grade. Yeah, something like something that. Something like that. We little ones, mm-hmm. and then you've known Luke since freshman year, sophomore year.
1: I think kind of the summer between freshman and sophomore year, we all started hanging out more. Yeah, yeah. So it was it, funny. Bud and I were just down at Young's Ice Cream yesterday. Last night we went down to Vesta, and I think isn't that it was, a coffee shop now? It is. It okay, looks really I was cool. like the coffee shop back. and a bar. Um, yeah, yeah. It's called the Coffee Bar. Haha, There's alcohol and. Teas Ooh, and coffee. nice. Um, but I think that was like one of the first times like you and Michael introduced Bud to our group.
2: Oh yeah, probably.
1: Yeah. I
0: don't even remember how, but but just like, like we, popped up out we, of nowhere.
1: We were 15.
2: <laughs> All I remember uh-huh. about Young's was at one point me and Michael Nalasco and probably somebody else we played Ultimate Frisbee as we walked from my house to Young's. And That's we a would long use, game of Ultimate yes, Frisbee. We would yeah. use signposts <laughs> and telephone poles as the goals. And I think one of us was wearing a wetsuit and we... Had quite the attention somehow.
0: Drawn to us. None of this surprises no. me. No. That seems like just a normal thing that would have been yes. happening. <laughs> and they let
2: us order the entire you know, how they come like the giant vats of yeah. ice cream. Yeah, yeah I yeah. think yeah. the day they, that we all, was that it, yeah,
1: that was that day. You ordered Dalton a vat no of ice cream,
2: yeah, that's it. Because we, that day. oh my gosh, I love that. I remember
1: going, and you guys were just like, There's so much ice cream, we need more people. That's what it was. Holy cow. cow,
2: we got nowhere near finishing. It. Oh
0: no, those things are no. like for hundreds of people. Oh, yeah. yeah, wow, that's insane! So funny, very cool. Very cool. Yeah, um, it's fifteen years this year. Is it really? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Half our
1: lives. Well, I've known you for half my life now. Yeah. Wow, that's weird.
0: Mm-hmm. Known you for, like for like most like of my two life. Two the majority. <laughs> majority. He, his parents also live like right down the street from me, so yes, very you true. know, mm-hmm. lots of lots of fun hangout time. Um, but the reason we have you on is because today is our Valentine's Day special, and you are a marriage and family therapist, correct? I am. Okay, so tell us a little bit about what that entails.
3: Yes.
2: So a marriage and family therapist is a therapist, particularly here in California, that's licensed and registered through California. But we see couples, we see families, we see individuals. Um, For me, in my practice, I see mostly couples. I work mostly with married couples. Mm -hmm. But then I also see adults with depression and anxiety and are Mm -hmm. having some uh, problems in life. Mm -hmm. And they'll come in for a few sessions or they'll come in for um, a couple months to really work on what they want to get to.
0: Do you work with um like adolescents at all was w- mostly
2: adults I w- Mostly adults. Okay. I will see some high schoolers. Actually, with this career, there's not a lot of younger men therapists, and so oh. hmm. uh, I actually have a pretty big caseload of people that want to see a younger male therapist. That's a nice um, option, yeah. Yeah, so it's really nice. I for the kids, I have a lot of therapists that I work with, and I send them the kids. Oh, okay, gotcha. And you. they'll send me the couples. So different okay. marriage and family therapists have different specialties and different clients that they work well with.
0: Okay. Do you tend to have? I know you said you work a lot with married couples. Do you? Tend and have a lot of couples that aren't married that come to you still or
2: so I will do premarital therapy with them okay. um, I have some couples that want to come in to decide whether they should get married or not mm-hmm. um, and then yeah in all stages from couples that are wanting to divorce potentially and mm-hmm. wanting to do that well um, to couples that this is kind of their last stand and they want to see if they can reconcile the marriage
0: yeah wow that seems very like yeah, intense <laughs> yeah. oh man <laughs> I would, I, do you ever get nervous like not anymore
2: no not anymore just because I've seen what it takes to change mm-hmm. and what couples can do to change okay. and so I actually have sense. a lot of hope yeah. for reconciliation if the couples are willing to do it mm-hmm. um, so no I don't get nervous anymore
1: that's exciting. And that, do you feel like when there are certain times where people kind of like are able to resolve, is it just so much gratification that you've chosen the right career and this is definitely like your path in life?
2: Yes, those are certainly the glory moments when I'll have couples that say, I never thought that our marriage could be like this again, or I've never experienced this. <laughs> type of relationship before it's incredible (laughs) and that's it because marriage therapy both doing it and then the couple's coming it's a lot of work yeah and so when you get to see the results like that it's it's incredible
1: that's awesome do you use the prepare and rich
2: yes for premarital i use prepare and rich
0: okay so tell us what what prepare and rich is
2: So Prepare and Rich is one of a handful of really good premarital curriculums out there. So Mm -hmm. what the couples do is they take an assessment and it assesses all the different types of areas of their relationship. And then the therapist or whoever is facilitating it Mm -hmm. gets the report and then they can walk through those areas of uh, in-laws and holidays and finances and roles and expectations and sex and all those big areas of your relationship. Mm -hmm.
1: It's really good. If anybody is even the slightest bit interested in it, I would 100% recommend it. I felt like going into our marriage, I was so much more secure having had done that Mm -hmm. and knowing kind of where we were going to have to work at things and where things just kind of came easy. Yeah. It was almost a relief going and being like, wow, okay, I chose the right person.
0: Okay. So then question with the whole premarital counseling, because before Heather and Bud, like the only time I'd ever heard of it or people doing it is like through the church. So I'm like, do you, so what if what if you don't really go to church like that much? What what do you what do you do? Like, do you? I mean, I'm sure there's options not connected or affiliated with the church, but like, do you think that it's something everyone should be doing before they get married, or is it kind of like, like, what are your suggestions on that?
2: I think if you have the opportunity and even the resources to do mm-hmm. it to yes do it and with prepare and rich it doesn't have to be faith-based okay. so use mm-hmm. it it modifies the assessment depending on your faith or your gotcha religion. gotcha and yeah. so okay. it doesn't have to have anything to do with faith nice um but i think kind of like you heather aubrey and i when we took it we realized, hey, there are some things that we had never even thought about. You know, Mm -hmm. we've been dating and in love. and It's all happy. (laughs) You're Uh, like, you're my
0: best friend.
2: Yeah, Yeah. so we don't talk about the harder (laughs) things. Yeah. And so to have that opportunity to, when you still like each other, Mm -hmm. develop those healthy patterns, (laughs) it is so helpful instead of after you're married, trying to figure out how to do things Mm -hmm. well.
1: Yeah. I have to say, I think one of the things that got asked that totally threw me for a loop, and I don't remember if the woman asked us directly or if it, I don't think it was part of the assessment I think she had kind of brought up like so if you can't have kids like what, you what are you gonna
0: do Who? and we
1: were like I never really considered that and we kind of paused for a minute and I was like well I feel like at a point if we can't then adoption mm-hmm but that was a conversation that we had to have, because it's not just an obvious, like, oh, if we can't biologically have kids, we're obviously, like, yeah. that's a conversation. And yeah. then she went into further, so, you know, if something happens to your child, mm. are you going to be able to come back together? But, like, things that I never, like, you don't think about those things when you're dating or... yeah it was because it was you have like a fairy
0: tale like right, of what this, what it's, like, it's gonna be like now that we're married yeah
1: yeah hmm. yeah it was very interesting but it definitely it it makes you think it makes you think about who you're with and how you're gonna be able to withstand and mm-hmm. it was very eye opening
0: good to know good to know making mental notes mm-hmm. um okay question do you watch married at first sight no. oh my god okay you need to watch the show i think about you every time i watch it because there's <laughs> therapists on it. i'm like oh my god luke i wonder if luke watches this um okay so premise if people listening don't know what married at first sight is it's on lifetime i think yeah so it's these people that have kind of given up on dating they want to just be married and like find their soulmates and so they have to apply for the show and then there's uh i think there's there's an mft on there there used to be a sex therapist i don't know if she's on there anymore there's like a sociologist like there's a bunch of different professionals and they have to go through a battery of like different tests and questionnaires and interviews and so then they eventually like pair these people and it's like an arranged marriage they they don't see each other until they get married Whoa. at the altar so the first time they meet each other is in front of both families like they're legally getting Whoa. married and then they get married and it Like, shows them going through each step. So, like, the first couple episodes are, like, them on their honeymoon. Like, you've just met this person. You're going on a trip with them. And then they get home, and now they have to figure out a place to live together. And, like, do we put our finances together? Like, what kind of thing? So, you should watch it, because I want to get your take on it. Yes. Because me and Eric watch it, like, every week, and we're like, oh, my God. Like, I can't believe this is happening. Why did they do that? Why didn't they do this? I'm like, we're not professionals. We are not qualified to make any sort of, like, comments on this. But... I, yeah, I really want to know what it. it's. I mean, there's like six seasons, so you can binge it if you want. But watch it. Let me know what you think. I
1: know that was on last night when we got. Home. <laughs> oh yeah. But I was like, what is? This? I'm like, oh, it's married. It's at first it's <laughs> our guilty pleasure,
0: honestly. We, yeah, it's well, because it's so interesting to see. Like sometimes these like couples at the beginning, you're like, oh, they're not gonna make it. Like this is just hell in a handbasket kind of thing. And then at the end, they're like so in love and they're like ready to have kids and then How there's one is
1: this being recorded over like I what amount of time i
0: think it's eight weeks so at That's the end of eight weeks long. you have they they sit you down and they ask you do you want to stay married or do you want to get a divorce and it's legally it's a legal thing like you, you have to go and get a divorce so it's very interesting because like some people realize halfway through like ooh this was too much this is not what i i didn't want this much of a commitment going in
1: so it's not even an annulment it's like a no up it's divorce.
0: like straight up divorce yeah, yeah so yeah so yeah i'd be interested to hear like your perspective on
2: well it's probably also a testament to how much love can grow Mm -hmm. right it's not this i this fantasized falling in love but that you can actually grow Mm -hmm. love and grow together yeah
0: but it's interesting when you guys talk about those topics on the premarital counseling because those are like all the things that they hit and it's like some people don't want to have that conversation yeah they're like you know, we'll we'll talk about that after the eight weeks. Like we don't need to talk about it now. And they're like, uh, we're married. We we should probably talk about it now. So, yeah, that
1: would be a lot to just like dive in with somebody and all the <laughs> you're like, so the kids.
0: I know I just met you, but how many are we having? <laughs> yeah uh, That'd be a little stressful. Yeah. Um. Bring Sorry, we're we're just assessing. Oh, um, yeah. Um. Okay. So. Going back to kind of what we were talking about, you being an MFT, what made you want to go down this path?
2: So, the simple short version is I fell in love with psychology at uh, Sequoia in high school.
0: Mm-hmm. We had psychology and at Sequoia?
2: Yeah. With, with <laughs> I was going to say Dr. I Mr. Wyant, IB psychology or AP psychology. Really? Yeah, it was oh. great.
1: Right. That sounds like a fun
2: class. Yeah, so, I was yes. like, oh. it, yes. Well, <laughs> missed out. Fun enough that that's what I wanted to continue to study, and yeah. I just kept studying it in undergrad, and then it kind of came to a fork in the road where I would choose either to do research and work more with data or to work with people in a therapeutic context, and uh, I chose the therapy route.
0: Did you just were you already just drawn to working with people or was there something like about research you're just like no 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 no."
2: well so with research Mm -hmm. i again my personality it's it's it is more of a scientific i want to get to the the answers and the results Mm -hmm. and i did a six-month internship a research internship and did months of coding data and doing oh, experiments, the all the fun stuff. <laughs> and then after six months, our hypothesis was wrong. Isn't and that the worst? It was the what? worst. And you put in all this work
0: and you're like, that meant nothing. And so Start again.
2: that was the moment where I'm like, Ugh, like I, can't, <laughs> I can't do this. Like I, I need to see more change. And I think with people, I get to see more yeah. change.
1: Okay. Is there a wrong answer in psychology?
2: Uh well for these for that specific for, yeah because ours example. that 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 experiment was looking at um can you exhaust someone to the point where they have difficulty reading somebody's emotions just yes. by looking at their eyes
0: oh my god at their and eyes so, yeah so Jesus. what you can
2: do it is actually it's it's intriguing how you can really read somebody's emotion just by looking at a snapshot of their eyes interesting um, but yeah. the answer was. I, I, the hypothesis at least was wrong in this case, not necessarily because it was wrong, but we yeah. may have not had enough people or we may have mm, not assessed mm-hmm. it in the right way. And there's a lot of factors.
1: Yeah. I was like, I feel like psychology is such a theoretical kind of thing. Yeah. It's hard to quantify. Yeah. That would be really hard.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And it's interesting because, especially choosing a career in therapy, mm-hmm. it's a very professional thing, but it's a very personal and emotional thing yeah. as well. And so I had to really reconcile kind of my past and my life experiences before entering mm-hmm. into that career.
0: Okay, so you want you want to tell us a little bit more about what you were? Yeah. What did you have to go through to yeah. get to where you are?
2: Well, it was interesting. So, and we're gonna kind of go deep quick. If that's yeah, an <laughs> no, let's
0: dive right in deep end. Let's go.
2: So, I have. And this story isn't. This isn't the first time I've shared it. I've shared it many times before. Um, But it's relevant to Mm -hmm. kind of what therapy is about and it's about healing and it's about reconciliation Um, but it started with kind of a really um, Unfortunate thing that happened to me when I was a freshman in high school. So Mm -hmm. uh, kind of big disclosure Uh, on a trip that I was with with my church Mm -hmm. the youth pastor at the time uh, tried to molest me when we were sleeping in tents and he thought I was asleep and mm-hmm. he reached into my sleeping bag and luckily I was still awake and I caught him and told him not to. Um, but as a fifteen year old you don't quite Yeah know it's what a little shocking. Yeah. It's a little <laughs> shocking. And it was in this context of this night where I had this it was a really vulnerable moment with the worship from the this conference we were at and um and so he was really like comforting me and consoling me and mm-hmm. it, it was very vulnerable and loving But then so quickly it took this like very confusing Violating, confusing, confusing turn yeah. yeah And so as a 15 year old, I didn't say anything right away But then a few weeks later Stories started leaking out about him doing this to other boys mm-hmm. um, And so long story short He was convicted of this, sent to jail And the whole thing mm-hmm. um, But for me, it taught me Hey, deep Vulnerable relationships aren't safe. Mm-hmm. And so I don't want to be emotionally vulnerable. I don't want to um, Trust other people. I don't want to trust the church mm-hmm. and, and spiritual leadership and As that played out over the next few years, I realized I got lonelier and lonelier because mm-hmm. I kept setting up um, Boundaries to how much I was willing to share mm-hmm. and I couldn't get deep and personal with yeah. people Yeah um, and it became really lonely. I had a lot of friends. Like, you guys were my friends, right? Yeah, we did a lot I of fun would've... things. We were
0: talking yeah. about, like, how big our group of yes. friends were. But, yes. like, mm-hmm. the quality versus quantity yes. kind of debate. Yeah. Yes. Well, and even it, this is our
1: first time hearing this. And yeah. I never, ever would have I would, like, yeah. That's I would, not something that... I mean,
0: honestly, of all the people in our group of friends, like, I would have thought you were, like, the most, like, willing to, like, open up and right. share oh, like exactly. yeah. that that's Like, I like put yeah. off.
2: Yeah. Which is why this was such a big thing for me because I think at my core, that is who I am. Yeah. That's why I'm, you know, sharing it now. At my core, I want to be emotionally vulnerable.
3: Mm-hmm. and open.
2: But because of that, it shut down, shut off mm-hmm. that piece mm-hmm. of me. Um, and then out of that, I realized I needed to get help around it. So mm-hmm. with talking through... Uh, it with a therapist, talking about it with friends, um, getting some really healthy healing around it, I Mm -hmm. started to see, hey, this brokenness Mm -hmm. um, can be healed. Mm -hmm. The the motion is really painful and messy, but yet there can become this forgiveness and beauty and redemption out of it. Mm -hmm. And that's when I really saw, hey, change can happen, even in the most violating of places. Mm -hmm. And what's cool now is you mentioned I'm a, a marriage and family therapist, but I'm actually now on staff at that same church Ooh. of the pastor that hurt me and so there's been this really this full 180 of reconciliation mm-hmm. and yeah. forgiveness and and so out of that birthed kind of my desire to help other people yeah. who have had hurts and mm-hmm. brokenness and pain and help them find the healing and mm-hmm. restoration they need
0: very nice that's very I inspiring. mean okay so then my question is because I've always heard Um, that people in therapy it's like it's like a lot so they have to get like have a therapist of their own just to kind of keep you guys sane is that something you still do like do you go see a therapist regularly
2: Uh, i not regularly i have in the past Mm -hmm. um grad grad school does a really good job at breaking you down and (laughs) yes it does in general right you are
0: like not human anymore (laughs) when you come out of it (laughs) (laughs)
2: <laughs> and so on top of that, they they emotionally vet you and break you down too, right? Okay. Because sometimes there's people out there that want to heal, they want to fix, but it's that a sense of fixing themselves indirectly, yeah, um, which takes away from your client or the person you're mm-hmm. trying to help. And so uh, I did a lot of that healing in, in grad school. But yes, therapists have been uh, helpful for me at different points throughout my years.
4: Okay.
0: My question is for someone, because like I've been to therapy too before and the- it really is about finding the right person to talk to. I feel like I've definitely been to some therapists where like I sit down and they're like projecting things. I'm like, how did we get here? Like I didn't even say anything like, uh, okay. And it just kind of rubbed me the wrong way. And so then I kind of had to shop around and like find the right person. And when you do find the right person, it's like, Oh, magical. Like this is great. You know, I can finally actually open up and feel like someone's like listening to me kind of thing. Um, But I mean, therapy is not cheap. (laughs) Uh, Sorry. So, how do you, (laughs) we all got to make a living. Um, How do you suggest people go about finding the right fit, you know, without having to? Because, I mean, a lot of the people I know that want to go to therapy don't have the means to find the right therapist by you know going to different sessions like how do you suggest people go about that
2: so first start if you can get a referral Mm
0: -hmm. not just
2: a referral through your insurance but through a friend or somebody mm. else that okay. recommends their therapist is a great way to do it. But always call the therapist first and try to have a phone conversation because often mm. you can find kind of the chemistry and the fit over the phone.
0: You know, there's an option. That's yes. a great idea. Yes. And
2: and I tell people to present their problem. Say, hey, this is what I want to work on. Mm-hmm. How do you foresee helping me with this? Okay. And the therapist over the phone, especially a good one, will be able to actually guesstimate what a therapy Treatment plan might look like.
0: Okay. So then, over wow. that
2: conversation, and it can only take five, ten minutes. You get to know kind of their personality, the fit, but then also what they would want to do with uh, your process and therapy.
3: Oh, that's great.
1: That's a great piece of advice. I feel like not many people know at all. No, that's I I
0: always helpful. just thought it was gonna be like you know when you call like a lawyer and they're like oh well I'm charging you for this phone call you know I'll send you the bill Ugh. you're like oh God I, was, I just basic information i didn't know this was like a session so now i know i can call and it'll be okay um no that's great like have
1: you ever been to therapy i have not mm. i don't feel like i don't need therapy <laughs> i should probably go at everyone some point, needs but...
0: therapy for one reason or another yeah yeah <laughs> well see now you can call around if you're yeah, interested you in ready. uh you know finding someone
4: mm-hmm. all
0: right So let's get back into a little bit more talk about couples since this is our Valentine's Day episode. Uh, Okay, so what are some things you think all couples should be doing and shouldn't be
2: doing? Ooh, all right. Um, Let's start with should. Okay. So couples should be taking an inventory on their intimacy. Uh, And every area of our life we get evaluated at some point or Mm -hmm. we have a check-in or a check-up at some point, I'd say do the same In your relationship so if you look at intimacy there's really five different subtypes that I categorize them in Mm -hmm. Uh, the first is emotional and intellectual the other one is physical Mm -hmm. the other one is sexual spiritual if you have a faith Mm -hmm. and then um, recreational which is like dating and so different couples have different priorities for those Mm -hmm. Um, but if they're not addressed and they're not brought up and they're not worked on they can kind of be take a backseat to everything else that you have to manage in life so I'd say just talk about those things and okay. express your needs and your desires with your partner.
1: Do you feel like that kind of falls into love languages?
2: Yes, it's it's very similar. So I love the love languages. So mm-hmm. uh, words of affirmation physical touch, acts of service, gifts, and quality time, I think are the five, mm-hmm. um, they do fall into that. So for instance, Aubrey, and I'd love to know what you guys, uh, <laughs> what yours are too, but for Aubrey's, hers is gifts and mm-hmm. mine's is words of affirmation. Okay. And, and when we were first married, I kept wanting to love her with words of affirmation and she kept mm-hmm. trying to give me gifts. And like, <laughs> You're like, was, I don't want all this right, stuff. Right, <laughs> right. Like, like it was nice but it didn't meet our love language, how yeah. we best receive love. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so we learned how to... I me stopping by Trader Joe's and getting some flowers is like the biggest thing I could do for her in a given week. Um, and for her to write a card or to say something nice to me um, really fills up my love tank, so to speak.
1: Very nice. Yeah. What's your
0: love language?
1: I think my love language is probably gifts. But I really enjoy giving gifts. Yes, like that's I know. my thing, and I feel you like you and me are like
0: that. Yeah, I like
1: giving thoughtful gifts. Like I put way too much time in it, and spend way oh. too much time, and then I end up second guessing myself to no end of whether or not someone's gonna like what I've done. It's it's a it's a weird.
0: I know thing. Eric makes fun of me because when people when I give especially him when I give him gifts, I'm like sitting there like watching, and I just want to see what your reaction mm-hmm. is. Like, are you gonna be as happy about this gift as I thought you were gonna be? Like, yeah, <laughs> I exactly. need you to love it.
1: Yeah, and I think Bud's definitely physical touch. Yeah. He, like, if at the end of the night, like, back rubs or mm-hmm. just, like, tickle. Like, he that's he's like, that's all I want. I'm like,
0: okay. <laughs> I was like, I can do that. Yeah, Easy. Done. I don't have to go buy anything. Mm-hmm. That's great. Yeah. I think I, Eric's is definitely physical touch. Mm-hmm. Um, and mine, honestly, the thing that makes me the happiest is when people, like, like if he does things without me having to ask, like, yes. like he can, like, oh if he God. were to like plan something, like an outing and I didn't have to plan any of it, oh my God, take me now. Like, <laughs> yes. I don't want to have to think about anything or just like, just like feeling taken care of or comforted. Like he doesn't have to buy me things to t- take care of me, but like just knowing like I can finally like.
1: Just relax. Relax and, kind of be yourself and let it and, go. Because mm-hmm. I'm so
0: used to like, that's just how I've always been, like. I everything. I have, to, have, everything. To, the one I have the to like be in control, like you know, or else everything's gonna fall apart. And I think like I usually block him from that love language because I'm like, I, I, what if it does fall apart? Like, you just let me control <laughs> it. So we're working on that one. <laughs> Funny. But um, okay, so checking in with those things. Question on that though, with the because I know it can be kind of uncomfortable for some people. To check in about like sexual stuff. How do you like, do you have any tips for people to like start that conversation? I mean, like for us, we'll, we'll talk about like no problem, but mm-hmm. I know some people that's like a sensitive subject, t- touchy subject.
2: Like, yes, make it homework. So <laughs> if it's, if it's a, hey, somebody recommended that we should talk about these different intimacies, mm-hmm. it's now your homework or your paper that's mm-hmm. uh, promoting the conversation rather than you having to vulnerably asked. Mm-hmm. Um, and the reality is, is sex is a very vulnerable thing. Mm-hmm. And the act of it is very vulnerable, and so if you're able to start the conversation, that and the relationship is safe enough and secure enough uh, to have that conversation, mm-hmm. um, that's a good place to start.
0: Okay. So then, what do you suggest for um, people? Because there's some people I've talked to who it's not necessarily something that happened with their current partner but maybe some sort of trauma or something sexually related happened prior and it's one of those conversations they kind of have to have with their current partner because those things may still creep in and like affect them in their current one like how do you because i know for the partner it might be uncomfortable to hear those things about their partner or for them it might be something awkward to bring up like how do you kind of because that I mean that would hinder their yeah, growth in that area. Yeah,
2: that's a great question and something that's really hard to do, but mm-hmm. really important to do. So I'd say set your partner up to succeed. Mm-hmm. So what you could do is you can say, "Hey, there's something I've been wanting to talk about. It's nothing about us, but it's about mm-hmm. my past. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of hard to share, and I know it's hard to hear. But if you could respond in this way, or mm-hmm. if you have questions, oh, okay. you can ask questions. But because they may not know what to do with that information, yeah, and I they feel may like it not could freak know some people out, could. and then that makes it more vulnerable for you because then the person sharing could feel rejected." or they could feel um like they were re-triggered or re-violated mm-hmm. again by sharing it so set your partner up well by giving them expectations for how to respond or what to say mm-hmm. um yeah
0: is that something like if a couple came in to like have that discussion with you as like a guide through that is that something you would do or would you send them to like a sex therapist
2: no i can 100% okay. do that and i and i have those conversations actually quite frequently oh, Nice. Okay. um Yeah, so you could see a sex therapist if you're wanting to really focus on that area of your life specifically Mm -hmm. Just because their training will be much more Mm in-depth than mind training Um, But for those types of conversations really when you're talking about the violation and the emotion Mm -hmm. and how it affects the relationship A marriage and family therapist is a great person to see for that
1: Good to know Yeah, absolutely
0: All right, so do you have any more questions about things they should be doing?
1: I don't think so Not about should I have a I have something in my mind That you had recommended to us That we should not Oh yes And we partook for a while And then we caved Which was A television in our bedroom
4: Oh Yeah yeah. I
1: I would love to hear about this Yeah I forget when it was I think we were still in the old apartment, and you guys, you were like, "Yeah, if you can avoid it, like, don't put a TV in your bedroom." We were like, oh, "Okay," like Luke said, "We can't," like, so we did. Luke we said we have to time. do it. And then one Black Friday, the
2: deals oh, were well, too good.
0: I mean, you know,
1: and is
2: that why Bud was grumpy with me for so many years? <laughs> I don't think he's so. like,
0: "God damn it, he's the one." He's why. <laughs>
2: My, my reasoning? Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> so I think the bed should be reserved for sex and for sleep. Okay. Um, okay. Especially if, if folks have trouble with intimacy or with sleep, mm-hmm. having that bed be that safe place and that calming place. Mm-hmm. Um, if it's TV, it could become you're not as vulnerable, you're not as intimate because you have another object in the room that mm-hmm. you're watching and you're not connecting with one another. Um, and then it could also inhibit sleep as well. Mm-hmm. And so those are the two reasons. Uh, obviously, they're not to make it or break it, yeah. but a general <laughs> recommendation. Uh, it would be the same with having being on your phone in bed as well, you mm-hmm. know. And I I fall prey to that, which yeah. is just as worse or just as bad as the TV, right? Mm-hmm. Where Aubrey and I will be on our phones, turned away from each other in the bed, and it, you're like, "Good night." Yeah, bye. It's, it has <laughs> no benefit to our life and mm-hmm. it has no benefit to our relationship. So as much as you can keep the bed in the bedroom about you two, the better.
1: I like Which that. is very valid, and I 100% understand that.
2: Yeah.
0: No, I mean, it makes sense.
1: Totally. And we were actually just talking about this last night, Bud and I, because I saw something on the news about kids and, like, when they're the most vulnerable mm-hmm. to being, like, preyed upon in social media is... At night, when they're home in their room doing their own thing on their phone, oh, yeah. and so Bud and I just had this conversation about like when she gets old enough, she has a phone. Callie is not taking it into her room. Like I think that's a great and rule. That's like be everyone, for all of us, put Everybody's your charging phone. phone out in the kitchen yeah, or something. Exactly. Yeah. I was like, we're gonna have to follow it too because I'm not doing that. Like that's not something I want to have to worry about.
0: Yeah. Oh um, God, I don't even. You'll have to worry about that eventually too. Yes, I know. <laughs> I know. All the fun things. Yeah okay so other oh no go ahead no i was
1: just i think i was gonna say what you were gonna say are there any other
0: oh yeah other than the tv
2: not in the bedroom
1: any hard no's for relationships
2: um secrets (laughs)
0: that's a good one yeah or a
2: hard no and it'd be one of those things where i the hard don't as well right Mm -hmm. um Again, if you're wanting to build intimacy and have a deep relationship, you can't have secrets and even mm-hmm. the small things—the extra purchase, the extra, mm-hmm. "Oh, I'm just gonna buy this with cash so it doesn't show up on the credit card statement." Those types mm-hmm. of things. As much transparency you can have in your relationship, this the more depth and intimacy and joy you will get mm-hmm. out of it. Um, so, secrets are a hard no.
3: Okay, that's a good
0: one. Mm-hmm. I think that's. Pretty.
1: Yeah, I'm trying to think. I'm like do we keep secrets i feel like it would be unintentional if it was
2: and if it's unintentional those aren't the big that's like
0: like, i bought you this and i can't tell you where it is yeah (laughs) or why you can't go under the bed or anything
1: i did that the other day he opened a drawer i'm like got that drawer oh when he found the m&ms yeah Mm. rat i bought him m&ms for valentine's day (laughs) and i hid him in the cupboard and he's like he pulled them out katie was here he's like oh these for me You're like, damn it. Yes, (laughs) it's fine. You can eat them now. (laughs) Okay, so
0: no TV. Don't keep secrets. You've heard it here from the professional. (laughs) Uh, What do you think is the best way for couples to communicate? Because I know, like, at least, or it doesn't even have to be couples. It could be families to communicate. Like, I know with um, my family, we get very, like, flustered when like hot topics come up and so our like volume gets louder and like we end up just like someone end up just getting upset and like walking out so like when we have something very important to like talk to each other about we write each other notes like letters and it's like here this is what i need to say i don't want to come out angry like i'll give you time to process it and, like you don't get the chance
1: to interrupt me. yeah anymore.
0: it's that and then it's also like we know that whatever the response is gonna be it's like I'm gonna write you a letter back so everyone can just kinda like and then eventually we talk like to each other about it, but it's like for that initial like interesting. So you don't like yell at each other and you know, it gives you time to think out what you actually wanted to say versus like scream at people. But <laughs> your yeah. face is like, no, you're I- fucking this up. <laughs> don't don't write the letters.
2: <laughs> like, <laughs> I totally understand what you're saying. Because especially <laughs> if we're talking about communication, when there's any type of conflict at play, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. we don't want to be in that dysregulated state. Yeah. Right. So when we especially are in conflict, we can get into the, the fight, flight or freeze mm-hmm. almost, um, which usually shows up as blaming, shaming, performing in some way or withdrawing. And if you notice yourself doing that, yeah, it's not going to play well for the conversation. So Mm -hmm. for me, when I'm most dysregulated, I feel like I'm not good enough. I feel like I'm inadequate and I'm insecure. And so when I feel those things, I usually withdraw. uh, I usually kind of close down or I get anxious. Mm -hmm. And so that's when I'm not communicating well, when I'm in that fight, flight, or freeze mode. And so taking breaks is huge. And so for you, it sounds like, yeah, it's taking breaks. It's writing the letter because mm-hmm. you're at a calm state. But go for a walk around the block. Eat a snack. Do deep breathing exercises. Do the Headspace app so you can slow your heart rate down, slow your breathing down, and get back to a regulated state.
0: Okay. How do you feel like there is one... T- like, do you tend to, I guess, prescribe a type of communication to people more than others? Like... Um, you know everyone sit down once a week and like you know air everything out or you know write in a journal and then read it out to each other like is there anything no i'd say pick
2: your battles right but Mm -hmm. the classics of i statements and reflective listening are Mm -hmm. gold and you'll hear that on almost every marriage workshop you go to it's the first thing they teach you uh when you're becoming a therapist but i statements being hey i'm feeling not good enough or not prioritized right now mm-hmm. because when my wife comes up to me and she says i'm just feeling really small and inadequate i don't want to fight her right i don't want to <laughs> like cont- come on bring it <laughs> i want to i want to enter into her emotion and her experience Um, And then reflective listening is simply repeating back what the other person said or paraphrasing it. It's as simple as that, but it's as effective as that because what it does is it shows the other person that they are known and understood. Um, A really big deal is often people think you have to agree to be understood, it's not the case. You can agree, or excuse me, you can understand someone and know someone without fully agreeing with them.
0: I feel that. (laughs) (laughs) Is that your daily?
1: (laughs) No, but that's in relation to family. Oh, yes. My dad, specifically. I feel like there's quite a few topics where I understand his point of view, but we absolutely do not agree on Mm -hmm. things. And that's something that's, like, come up in my household a few times, where now we're just kind of like, we can't talk about that. And we know we can't, and it's just a subject that we have to let go.
4: Mm
0: -hmm. So then do you think, because, I mean, I feel like that happens – in a lot of family situations where it's like you know especially with like you know hot topics of politics or Mm -hmm. religion or lifestyle choices like Mm -hmm. it's you may understand the person where they're coming from but yeah you don't agree so then do you like is that okay to just never like we just don't bring that up kind of scenario
2: well it depends on the depth of the relationship right Mm -hmm. if you never talk about politics with your family that's probably not a big deal Mm -hmm. if you're disagreeing as to whether or not to merge bank accounts right that actually has to be resolved Mm -hmm. um and so then you're looking at different ways to compromise then you're looking at bringing a third party like a therapist in it to help you guys navigate that decision Mm -hmm. Um, but for those some a lot of those decisions they actually do have to be resolved
0: do you ever feel like anything that you and your dad disagree on like you would like to be resolved
1: i would like to resolve our communication but i feel like It ends up being very one-sided. Like, Mm -hmm. I end up being the one that's sitting there and just listening. Like, my brother and I kind of go into we're-getting-lectured mode. Mm -hmm. Uh, You just kind of sit there and you listen. And then you let him finish, and then the conversation's over. Like, it's – to that extent, I feel like I've realized a lot more as an adult that it's not a conversation. It's extremely one-sided, and I do hope to find a way to reconcile that, especially now that we have Callie – because Mm -hmm. there are certain things like he was teasing me the other day he's like well you know we could just take her for the weekend because my parents are up at the cabin and i was like no you can't you're not going to because (laughs) i don't agree with some of the things that you do and i love you to death but i just there are certain things that we don't see eye to eye on Mm -hmm. so it's difficult but i definitely need to find a solution to to how we communicate
0: you know, I'm sure lots of people
1: are in that scenario. Yeah.
0: Especially when you have kids. I feel like that's a mm-hmm. whole different ball game because it's like.
1: Yeah. And actually having her has definitely made me a lot more vocal with him. Like there's definitely one instance when she was starting solids where I still wasn't super sure. You know, we're new parents. We don't know everything. And because my parents have done this before, my dad's like, oh, well, just do it like this. And I'm like, it's not just do it like this. I was like, you had your turn. This is my turn. I need to learn and figure it out on mm-hmm. my own. And so that was, I think, the first time in my and Bud's relationship, really, that I was able to kind of stand up and be like, no. Like, you either have to listen and do it the way that I'm comfortable, or you're not going to get any say Mm -hmm. in any of this. So it definitely kind of gave me strength, but still actively working on (laughs) that.
0: Strength when it comes to the tiny human. We like Mm -hmm. that. We like that for sure. Um, Okay and then before we move on to the next little segment is there any other advice overarching advice you think people should hear just like either it could be couples it could be about family it could be about just how to live a happy healthier life (laughs) what's something you feel like everyone should hear
2: Uh, well i'd say particularly for couples maybe for family too Um, The sentiment that if you feel like you've won the fight, you've lost it because a lot of couples get caught up in this me versus you. This is a competition. I want to win the fight. Um when in reality, you should be fighting the fight so that the us is more connected. The couple is more connected at the end of it. And the same could be true for family, right? That even if there's some disagreement, it's hey, at least we or the letters, right? At least mm-hmm. we came together. We honored each other enough that we wanted to do it well. Mm-hmm. And we wrote the letters, right? And so for couples, you don't want to win your fight. Mm-hmm. What you want to do is resolve it in a way where you both feel more connected at the
3: end of it. I like That's that.
0: That's so smart. That's, yeah, that was like put so eloquently. I yeah. love that. That's, so good. Yeah. I mean, I feel like that could work for anybody couples, friends, you know, parents, mm-hmm. anyone you're having. A, yeah, <laughs> parents, anyone you may be having a selected discussion with.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: Okay, so let's go back to the theme of Valentine's Day. And we want to know about your history of Valentine's Days the good, the bad, the ugly. Are they all perfect? I just feel like you have, like, always have the most perfect Valentine's Days.
2: I, I can't recall a lot of bad ones.
0: <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> well, is so thoughtful. Exactly. Like, That's why I was like, expected. his are probably just, like, no. top-notch, like, mm-hmm. always well-planned out. Well,
2: I don't want to brag myself,
0: but... <laughs> but I'm gonna... <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, we're, we've been cleaning out our garage and uh-huh. we found this tub that had a lot of mementos from when Aubrey and I were dating our first year at mm-hmm. undergr- undergrad. And one of them actually was from a Valentine's Day where... So she was in the dorm, I think like a second or third story. She was on that floor. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I got a heart-shaped balloon and then I tied multiple strings on it so it could go from the ground all the way up to the third story oh my
0: god but then I
2: and I wrote her a poem and I cut out the lines from the poem and then I attached them to the string so when she (laughs) saw the balloon floating out of her room she pulled it in and then as she pulled the string up it would read this poem to her
0: oh my god Luke this is amazing you were like straight out of like a '90s rom-com, like I love this, and
3: it works. <laughs> I mean, exactly.
1: yeah. I mean, happily married. Aubrey would
2: say, "Why don't you do that stuff anymore?" But you're <laughs> like,
0: we we live on on stories, so I can't do that exactly.
1: anymore. <laughs> Find new
0: ways. What do you think? Okay, so there's that one, but is that like if you were to rank your Valentine's days, is that your top Valentine's?
2: Yes. Okay. So that was so that. Uh, w- and there was a few things built into that uh, mm-hmm. uh, We had another couple in our friend group That was just dating at the time And so we actually we There's a huge rock on campus That different people would paint And, mm-hmm. and for various reasons So we painted it red And put a heart with our uh, initials in it So Aww. that was actually a big Valentine's Because it was our first mm-hmm. one
4: mm-hmm.
2: Um, And we were madly in love And so we yeah. wanted to really make it fun So I'd say that was the best Yeah, Very nice
0: Are you Do you guys have like I mean, I don't want to like spoil anything, but do you have anything planned for Valentine's Day this year?
2: So we're going up to Reading. So we, okay. so Reading is where we met, mm-hmm. um, and it's where we love to go. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's my self-care city. I get to go biking and paddleboarding nice. and shooting nice. and coffee and breweries and all that fun stuff. All the stuff, fun things. All the fun things. <laughs> and her best friend's up there and mm-hmm. there's restaurants we love to to revisit. Mm-hmm. And so we'll be nothing, uh, specifically romantic, but a very good weekend. It's like
0: a full adventure yes, kind of exactly. thing. Oh, I love That's that. That's so good. Do you guys have anything planned for Valentine's Day?
1: Not officially for Valentine's Day. We did do gifts this year. Kind okay. M Ms. <laughs> yeah, not not anymore. They're gone. Those we are just em.
0: a Monday night. Uh, yeah. <laughs> excitement in the cupboard.
1: <laughs> um, but normally we kind of try and reserve Valentine's Day as more of like self care days for us. Like we'll mm-hmm. go to a nice dinner. Years past, we've done like did a couple massages yeah yeah we did that quite a few times um and so it was always just kind of about being together uh, but this year having Callie I was really excited to like get her a cute little valentine mm-hmm. which she will never remember but it's it okay it's something to it's for you it's self care yeah. for
0: you guys you guys get to like Do the things
1: with her. Yeah, that's very true. And I 100% got suckered in by certain like targeted ads on social media as for what I got for Bud. (laughs) So we were talking about that today. Apparently he also got some gifts, which it's. Uncharacteristic for us to do that, but apparently okay, this year's though. different. It's
0: nice to like, yeah, change it up sometimes. Mm-hmm.
1: You know. Yeah, and actually, Katie let us go out on a date light like last night. She came oh, over that's... and watched Callie, we could fun. go to dinner and a movie, which was very needed. Mm-hmm. Thank
0: you, of course. Of course, I mean, she's like the easiest baby, honestly, on the face of this earth. Like,
1: except for, I don't know if you guys heard her screaming a few minutes ago, I, mean, I could hear her yeah. crying from her room. The That's sleep the training worst. thing has been going really well in them for whatever reason. This afternoon, this nap has been hard. Yeah,
0: do do their sleep training. It's oh yeah, freaking amazing. Yeah. she's like out like that.
1: Mm-hmm. Sweet. I have all the links. I know. I've already. I've given Aubrey books and <laughs> all the things. I think the last time she came over, I was like, "You need this book." It's Just have it home with on you. The block, yeah. So, very nice. it's good stuff. Very nice. How,
0: How about w- you guys? Yes. Oh, uh, we. Well, we don't have anything planned. We don't really plan anything anymore. It's kind of like, we'll see. Mostly because Eric's job is, like, so touch and go. And it's like, we could have something planned. And then a client can call and be like, oh, the water main broke. Like, Mm -hmm. I need you guys to come out and fix it. And it's like, you know, Thanksgiving morning or something. So we always just kind of like, it would be nice if. So we kind of loosely have plans. But usually, honestly, what we used to do when I was in college is... I think i always get it mixed up papa murphy's is take and bake right
4: yes Mm -hmm. okay
0: i get that mixed up with papa john's all the time yeah so papa murphy's (laughs) in college used to have a seven dollar heart-shaped pizza yeah and we got it every year we so we we love to eat so that's always like (laughs) what all of our plans are focused around is where are we gonna go food. get food mm-hmm, yeah good stuff <laughs> so we used to get that and then costco has heart-shaped raviolis what so we just uh. like have a heart-shaped theme dinner mm, that's and then, awesome yeah and then some i mean we used to do the gift thing but now it's mostly like oh i'll take you to go do something you want to do and like yeah just kind of
1: adventure dating. fun
0: outings yeah mm-hmm. but that's
1: usually like a must. Like even if we can't go out to our outings, we make sure we have our heart-themed foods. Yeah, for the I evening. think I need to make it to Costco because that sounds real good. Yeah,
0: they have those. They have them for St. Patrick's Day too. They have little shamrock,
1: what? green ones. Are they Kirkland brand?
0: I don't know what brand they're. They come in like little. It's like a two-pack of plastic, mm, like square mm-hmm. containers, kind of. They can like break apart. Yeah.
2: Um, are the green ones pesto?
0: i don't know we have put pesto on them in the past i think they're mostly just cheese filled Ah. but that's a genius idea so fun yeah but so yeah if you guys want heart-shaped themed food papa murphy's at
1: costco yeah we tried making a heart-shaped pizza oh yeah i remember that and but we made it out of sliced potato because bud's Mm gluten-free and so instead of doing like a fancy crust. We just, I like sliced it really thin with, what's that thing called? You know what that thing oh, is? Oh, the mandolin? Yes. Yeah. Where it like slices at the same
2: size. Mm-hmm. All I'm the so scared of those things. I know. Yeah. like, I'm going to
1: slice my fingers off. Oh, yeah. <laughs> They're so handy though. There's so many objects that we got for our wedding that Katie knows how to use. Oh my God, I know. I Heather's
0: Kitchen is like the funnest place to be I because it's like- they got one of everything and like I have nowhere to store these things nor do I have the money to buy them so I'm like I'm just gonna come over and cook in your kitchen if that's okay and use yeah. all your fun things. Cooking does not
4: relax
1: me. Like I made pulled pork for Super Bowl Sunday oh, so and I, stressed out. She I was texted so texted Katie 14,000 times and so I'm like I'm gonna do it wrong. Like you put it in an Instapot and it cooks itself. I, there's no way to do it wrong and I was panicking that I'm like this does not bring me joy. This is not like calming to me i don't enjoy this no
0: <laughs> but it turned out great it did, did it was fantastic Everything i was fine. very proud of you very proud of you okay so let's get into the nitty-gritty so we asked people to send us questions for luke so he can give us his professional advice on these scenarios
2: do i get paid for this portion
0: <laughs> you are being paid in tea and jelly beans he brought the tea i don't okay think well helps. You got the hot water to go with your tea and jelly beans (laughs) and spending time with us. (laughs) Double deal. (laughs) Okay. So the first question we got sent in was, and some of these are kind of like, I was like, whoa, intense questions. Uh, How do you handle overbearing in-laws when your significant other always takes their side? And what if the in-laws like to play the victim in most scenarios?
2: Can you say it one more time because that there's a few factors. Okay, so
0: we'll start with like the first part of the question So how do you handle overbearing in-laws? Just in general Boundaries, okay, what if they ignore your boundaries?
2: Firmer boundaries
0: firmer boundaries. So just always stick to your boundaries stick to
2: your boundaries. So boundaries could be um, Time it Mm -hmm. could be distance. So for instance when Um, Aubrey and I first got married we again love my parents love her parents Mm -hmm. but we wanted to create kind of our own Usness, and so we decided to not live in the same city where family was just mm-hmm. to kind of create our own grocery show- mm-hmm. stores and yeah. our own areas um, so space could be one or time hey we can go over your parents house but we're gonna keep it to an hour hour and a half
0: oh that's a good one yes that's good
2: um, and then as we've kind of mentioned already the topics of conversation mm-hmm. and so you can set boundaries in all different ways it'll be really important and even if you feel like hey my parents are totally fine like what's the problem what your partner doesn't realize or what you may not realize is you're desensitized to the way mm, your right. parents do things and the way your family does things. Yeah. Oh, and they're not used true. to it. And so they have to grow into that.
0: I feel like we
1: we, yeah. <laughs> we deal with
0: this one a lot. Mm-hmm. This wasn't a question from us. But no, it wasn't.
1: But it's a we can relate. Relative, yeah.
0: yeah. Okay. So then the next part of that is you have the overbearing in-laws and... No matter what the scenario is, your spouse always takes their side in whatever debate, argument, conversation it is. So you don't have that like backup kind of stuff. What I know it's like, yeah, no one's supposed to win.
2: No, so that's so I'd <laughs> say that's less of an in-law problem and more of a couple problem. Okay, because you really do want to if I can quote it leave and cleave right you want mm-hmm. to actually create your own us that's distinct from your parents mm-hmm. and loyalty does have to switch from your family of origin to your spouse mm-hmm. your, your spouse has to be the main priority and the person that wins out over your parents and so it's gonna have, one have the, the partner being able to share hey I don't feel like I'm prioritized I don't feel like I'm important um, I really need to work on this mm-hmm. and then it's the duty of the other partner to listen to her listen to him and make those changes
0: so i know i've heard some people who have had that conversation with their spouses about that scenario and they get the pushback of well why can't you be more understanding yeah how how should that person respond to that scenario
2: it goes back to the understanding so really trying to understand what they're feeling Um, because the person who's they feel like they're parents are in the right perhaps mm-hmm. um, they might be too scared to push back um, or they may not want to cause conflict or rock the boat mm-hmm. um, so really trying to enter into the emotional experience of each person because that decision that uh, standing the ground is there's something deeper there and so you okay. have to spend the time to, to dig a little bit deeper.
3: Interesting. That's
1: so true. <laughs> At any point would it be helpful for like whoever's it's their family to like say to the family you know hey you need to understand my partner comes first now like is that helpful with those boundaries and or is that kind of one of those things you just kind of want to communicate around and not necessarily say so straightforward it
2: depends on the person Mm -hmm. i mean some some parents could hear that especially Mm -hmm. the more blunt parents or Mm -hmm. that's part of their personality and they could hear that and receive that great if that would like shatter them like you don't love me i would talk around (laughs) that or have have the partner the their direct their daughter right Mm -hmm, or their mm -hmm. son be the one to share it gotcha where they actually run interference between the spouse and the in-laws okay gotcha gotcha
0: okay good good Good, advice i love this we didn't write these but i feel like it's like like great advice for us as well Mm -hmm. okay next question that was sent in was how do you approach a loved one about a harmful behavior they have they put specifically drinking too much when their spouse says they keep saying they'll change but they don't that's
2: a great question I know people
0: send in really good questions
2: especially when it's not just uh, uh, a behavior that's easy to change right because it could be this is my self care or actually I need Mm -hmm. to drink this much or whatever Mm -hmm. it might be um, Not to beat the dead horse, but mm-hmm. going back to that spouse being able to share the emotional impact on it. Mm-hmm. Because sometimes you can say, you drink too much, or you need to stop drinking, or why are you always drinking? It's a very judgmental, you are doing something wrong mm-hmm. and blaming. Mm-hmm. And when the person feels judged, when the fir- person feels blamed, why would they sacrifice? Why would they cha- work hard to change yeah. their patterns? That makes sense. But rather, if the partner can really heartfelt, f- heartfeltly, heartfelt. <laughs> Sincerely? Yep. (laughs) Sincerely share why he's hurt Mm -hmm. by it. Um, That might help. But then it's setting some expectations to say, hey, Mm -hmm. this is hurting me because of this, and I'd really like you to stop drinking as much. Are you willing, get their buy-in, are you willing to work on this with me? Mm -hmm. Usually when you get the buy-in from your partner, um, it allows you to get further in that change.
1: That's going to be really tough because we've had some instances with... um, people who have had alcoholism to some extent and it's really difficult for somebody to kind of take the time and say hey I need to change I feel like as an individual that's a really really hard conclusion to be able to come to and mm-hmm. it's it's not easy so that would be huge I feel like having a partner to kind of be there and be willing to kind of go through it with you hmm yeah. That's a big...
2: Where this has been showing up most of my practice in the last couple of years is around porn So for spouses who th- don't approve of looking at porn mm-hmm. um, Because it's such an addictive thing It's yeah. such a, a, a vulnerable and personal thing um, That's been a really uh, tender source of pain for couples that really? I've been working with And so along with drinking or drugs mm-hmm. or even video games Those things that become addictive So not only is it, okay, yes, I want to stop this for the sake of my spouse and for the sake of our relationship, but man, Mm -hmm. now you have to rewire all these parts of your brain.
1: Yeah. Oh, interesting. I I didn't think about it in that kind of context.
0: No, but I feel like that one would be a hard one because it's like that would mess so much more with... Like, if someone had if my spouse like had a drinking problem I wouldn't assume they're drinking because of something I'm doing I would just assume it may be stresses of all life but if, mm-hmm. like they had a porn addiction I'd yeah. be like am I not Take enough personal, like yeah. are you not attracted to me like you know am I not doing mm-hmm. things mm-hmm. to make you happy like oh my god That'd that be would really be very difficult
2: yeah and if there was if it was a secret right oh then there's yeah the and trust oh, yeah. And- Ooh. Ooh.
0: man that's an intense one I don't I don't even... Wow. Okay. So
2: sharing emotion. Yeah. Making it clear why you want that change. Mm -hmm. Take away the blame. Take away the judgment. Mm -hmm. um, And then be willing to work with them to make that change.
0: So then my next question off of that is if someone... Like, say this is like over uh, multiple years that, you know, you're trying to work with them, trying to get them to understand why you want them to change or, you know, want them to stop this behavior. And... It just doesn't happen. Like, do you have to put a timeline on yourself to, like, I can't do this anymore?
2: Yes. Yes. Okay. Because you need to value yourself. Yeah. I mean, if you're finding yourself at a place where, hey, I I don't feel valued. I don't feel safe. I don't feel like this relationship is a trustworthy place to be. Mm -hmm. There needs to be some serious intervention. And That intervention might be we need to go to a counselor now Mm -hmm. or we need to whatever it might be. Um, But I would put a timeline on it, not necessarily for them to say, okay, you have to change in six months, but put a timeline on yourself to say, if he doesn't change, if she doesn't change in the next six months, I need to take a next step
0: like reevaluate the situation gotcha okay
2: that seems like
0: that seems better than like yeah the six months because i feel like
1: well and ultimatums people don't yeah ultimatums no one likes to be backed in a corner no
2: because it's me versus you exactly you want to go back to the us and the us is going to benefit when you're emotionally vulnerable about Mm -hmm. what's going on
0: that makes sense that makes sense do you have any more on this topic no No. okay all right next question how do you reconcile with a loved one after an argument where you make the effort to reconcile it, but they're just not having any of it They're like no done relationship over Say it again So, and I asked this person like yes. what the argument kind of was yeah. So it was like an argument happened about uh, Religion uh-huh. and like lifestyle choices
4: Sure
0: um, Them and the loved one had the argument no longer were talking they realized i want to reconcile with you but the loved one is like no i don't want to hear anything from you i don't want to have anything to do with you
2: like reconcile like they had broken up and then one of them wants to get back together
0: no i think this were, i think these were family members
2: mm.
0: so it's like yeah yeah <laughs> We're connected <laughs> <Yeah>. forever. <laughs> so if I look
2: at so if I look at reconciliation and forgiveness, mm-hmm. I'll break it into four stations. Stations, not steps, because sometimes they move around a little bit. The Ooh, first one being I- insight. <laughs> so insight is okay, I can kind of understand how that happened or how that played out. Understanding is your empathy. Okay. Mm-hmm. They have that perspective, maybe because that was ingrained into them or they mm-hmm. were raised with that moral value or that belief. So it's really trying to understand and uh, step into their shoes. Sometimes that's all that can happen as far as forgiveness or reconciliation. For instance, if someone breaks up or if somebody goes to jail or somebody passes away, reconciliation then can start if there's an opportunity for compensation. So that might be, hey, um, I'm willing to re-engage in this relationship with you, but we have to do these things first. Um, Or we have to have this conversation. Or when we bring up this conversation, you can't do these things. Um, It's almost as if the transgressor is the one that's walking 90% across the bridge and the other person is walking just the 10%. And then the last stage would be the overt forgiveness or the reconciliation. So in reality, um, unless both parties are willing to partake in that, uh, it can't really happen.
0: So they just kind of have to wait till that person's at least ready to... Mm -hmm. let them know that they'll consider yeah like that reconciliation yeah which is hard hard, because then
2: you have to settle into the acceptance of it which is a really difficult thing
0: have you ever been in that scenario no i couldn't
1: imagine that'd be really hard oh
0: man so i have a question then because me and eric always (laughs) debate about this because he's very the type of person that family can do whatever they want to you they can treat you however but they're family no matter what I don't and i will with
1: that at all yeah
0: and like they'll you know i i love them no matter what forgive and forget that kind of thing i am very much the opposite like there are people in my family that i have completely cut off and i'm just like i can't have you in my life because of x y and z and i mean i've moved on i'm fine like you know there's not a part of me that feels like i'm missing their inclusion into my life anymore but we have that debate like is it okay to just cut people out especially if they're family like what are your thoughts on that
2: i i think it goes back to you need to make sure that you're safe and you're valuing yourself Mm -hmm. and if you need to assert boundaries to do that Mm -hmm. fine this shows up a lot, uh, and Heather, you kind of alluded to it, with mm. grandkids and grandparents. Mm-hmm. So if you as an individual have set boundaries with parents, mm-hmm. but now grandkids come into play, they feel like they have a right to have time with their grandkids. And if, as the grandkids grow older, they want to be able to hang out with their grandparents. Yeah. And so boundaries get a fuzzier in that way. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd say family, uh, and this is perhaps more personal than professional, but I think families deserve an... Uh, minus really violating transgressions families Mm -hmm. deserve a second chance perhaps Mm -hmm. one more chance than you would give somebody else Mm -hmm. Um, but if it's unsafe and or toxic i'd say it's fair to to set really clear boundaries and even potentially cut people out of your life
0: okay yeah
1: good to know hard (laughs) <laughs> All of this stuff is hard. This, this is the kind of stuff that makes me anxious. Like Bud's totally fine cutting people out. My I know. Me kept, and Bud
0: are very on the same yeah, page about my this. My
1: dad's cut people out. Like after my grandfather passed, we don't talk to his side of the family anymore because of some of the things that had happened. Like towards yeah. the end, and it just—it's one of those things where I'm like, I, I don't understand. Like me personally, it's a really hard thing to be like. Well, how do you cut somebody like that out? I don't know. And it's—it's it's interesting because I feel like as you grow older, you kind of realize that parents and people that you looked up to they're human beings they make mistakes yeah and so i
0: feel like as you grow up things become a lot more clear about past situations
1: i was definitely one of those people that like idolized my parents and thought they could do no wrong and you grow up and be an adult and you're like oh okay so they didn't have it figured out and they did the best they could and they did what they thought was right but by no means is it perfect
0: yeah I think, yeah. And it's interesting because I, I think back on that. Because whenever me and Eric do get in this debate, like, you know, I, the, my position for him is always I know you love them, but like, I feel like sometimes they aren't respecting him or valuing him for what he gives, like the respect and value he gives to other people. Mm-hmm. And so for me, I think there was so much that's happened in my past that. I realized like I wasn't valuing myself and like I was putting myself in very dangerous like situations where you know I was just like I I'm worth nothing and I'm okay with that at that point point. and so I think after that having gone through those things it's like now I have so much more like value and worth for myself that I'm like if you don't like give me the respect back that I'm giving you it's kind of like and it's like I mean if someone's like does something once or twice okay but I feel like I'm the type of person where if it's big enough, I'm like, no. Like, I can't go back to, like, that past self. And it's interesting, though, because, like, Eric's never really gone through, like, he's not gone through what I went through. So, I wonder, like, if that's why I'm so much more like, oh, done, cut, out, like, yeah. bye. And he's just like, oh, I'll give him, like, a thousandth chance yeah. because we're family and I love them. And so, yeah, it's interesting, though, like, how much I wonder... Well, you, you tell me. How much is, you know, past experience kind of a thing that would lead to, like, how many chances you give someone?
2: I think it's a big deal. Um, yeah. I mentioned kind of those pains earlier of mm-hmm. not good enough and insecure. Mm-hmm. Those are born out of either a violation of love, like mm-hmm. a violation to your sense of identity, who you are, or a violation of trust, mm-hmm. a violation to the reliability, to the safety. Mm-hmm. And if people have experienced a lot of violations in those areas they would be really hesitant to Mm -hmm. forgive again because they can anticipate being hurt again. Yeah. Whereas those that have been protected or blessed or sheltered or whatever it might be from deep violations, they're going to be more forgiving because they don't see it as as big of a risk.
1: Gotcha. Gotcha. I feel that. Yeah. (laughs) Mm -hmm. That makes a lot of sense. That does make a lot of sense.
0: Okay. Next question. Uh, Let's see. We did this one. Okay. (laughs) This is a good one. How do you approach a spouse that always thinks they are right?
1: <laughs> <laughs> Bud jokes that he thinks he's right, but he, he knows.
0: Yeah. <laughs> he knows you're really right. Whoa. <laughs>
1: yeah.
2: How do you approach a spouse that thinks they're always right?
0: Yeah. Like the person who's not willing, I guess, to take into consideration where you're coming from or your thought process.
2: To help them understand what the impact of that is, right? Mm -hmm. Some people are really prideful or they honestly do think they're right all the time Mm -hmm. and they're not seeing the impact that it has. So let them know the impact that it has. It's not a, again, it's not a, I'm going to fight you or or prove that you're wrong or prove that you're Mm -hmm. right or rub it in your face. It's the, when you're always right, I feel completely deflated. I feel like I'm an idiot and Mm -hmm. I don't want to be in a relationship where I feel like I'm an idiot all the time. That's um, a good way
0: to state it.
1: Yeah. <laughs> hey, I feel like that can relate to other relationships too. Yeah, totally. Just with your spouse.
2: You think of work relationships, right? Yeah. You, you Or work friendships mm-hmm. or even with your supervisor. You want to be able to be in a relationship where there's this mutual respect and mm-hmm. ability to provide feedback, right? Mm-hmm. And if one person's always right, it's going to be a really difficult work relationship to be mm-hmm. in.
0: So I have a question on that. So I started doing that actually after I went to therapy because they're like, let them know how you feel. I'm like, I can't do that. They'll be mad at me. Um, But so I use it all the time. And I do think it has helped in a lot of scenarios. But the one thing that always gets thrown back in my face with some people, I'm not going to say who, um, but I'll bring it up and I'll be like, oh, you know, this may when you say that or the way you say this to me, it makes me feel just like horrible about myself or it makes me feel like you're angry at me or whatever. And the response I get back is you need to stop being so sensitive. If you Ooh. weren't so anxious, if you didn't have anxiety, this wouldn't be a problem. Normal people don't have this problem. So, so what I just do now is I just don't even like I kind of can anticipate if I respond to the situation, this is just what's going to happen. So I most of the time just suck it up and, like, walk away. How do you...
2: Which is really difficult. Y- because then it you is. can't get any more intimate keep or vulnerable that, in those relationships. Yeah,
0: you just keep taking the way they say things and do things, and so it's just like, I'm like, well, I'm just going to feel like this forever. Mm-hmm. There's no point. They're not going to listen. So then how do you, if it gets to that point where something gets thrown at you, how do you then let them know, like, what would be the next step in trying to get them to understand when you've clearly verbalized it but nothing's really like coming of that
2: that person uh needs kind of education Mm -hmm. or they need to have somebody help them see it if they're unwilling to listen to their spouse or partner or family member Mm -hmm. if they're unwilling that's a really unfortunate circumstance because they're saying essentially i'm not willing to grow deeper with you i'm not willing to become more intimate with you Gotcha. And so whether it's a therapist helping them, whether it's uh, a mentor, mm-hmm. uh, my wife and I have a, a mentor couple that meets with us once every quarter, oh, um, that's which so is cool. it's incredible. We've been married for yeah. 50 years and just their I sheer amount that. of wisdom and experience. Um, when we get to some things like that, we allow them to speak into our relationship and we hold their, their answers as gold. Mm -hmm. Um, They're really one of the main factors that we had in helping us decide whether to uh, have a kid or not. Mm. Um, So I'd say to be able to have somebody that's trusted speak into that Mm -hmm. is a necessary next step.
0: So... First of all, how do you find a mentor coupled?
2: <laughs> you have meet to with? you have to date them. So don't yeah. get in a, don't get in a relationship with a mentor couple. Just like hey, let's sign up and do this. <laughs> let's be friends because <laughs> chemistry is a huge factor um, if you want a mentor. And so um, I'd say kind of approach them. So it's it's easier in my context because there's a lot of couples at church that I interact with. Oh yeah, that's true. Um, but in other contexts, it might be a family friend. Mm-hmm. Um, it might be a coworker and you could say hey i've heard you guys have been married for 50 years can we go out to lunch once we'd love to pick your brain on a few things oh, and then if that so goes cool. well and you liked it and always pay for their try to at least <laughs> always pay for their thing yeah. their lunch but if that goes well ask them to do it again mm-hmm. and then again and then you could say hey can we make this more formal can we meet once a quarter something like that but you have to date that's, them
1: that's that's awesome genius i never thought about that i don't know that there's any couples that i would in, like in our circle I'm trying to think of anybody Who's been married for a super long time That I feel like I would want to take that advice from That's really cool
2: Yeah And lunch is always cheaper than therapy
0: <laughs> Well it Depends if you add the extra guac on That's true. That could get pricey True, true. <laughs> um, Yeah No that's So then okay We got mentors That's, that's a good option What if cause This is not Eric Just putting that out there um, But it's a family member But do you then suggest that me and this family member go to therapy together? Or am I telling them like, well, you got some stuff you got to work out before we can
2: work on our relationship. You could bring another family member into it. Okay. A family member that you equally respect and kind of has the same amount of authority. Mm-hmm. You're right, it probably wouldn't be appropriate to jump into a therapy session. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But I think bringing in a, a close family member that okay. you feel has an objective, um, unbiased perspective would okay. be a good route.
1: Stuff. the wheels are spinning in my mind of like who this is relative to in my life and how yeah. <laughs> i'm gonna go about my next conversation like this is super helpful
0: yeah no i mean this these I, again we didn't write any of these questions but i love them because mm-hmm. these are ones that i didn't even think of and i'm like oh this makes so much sense like yeah, relevant like to everybody
1: it, mm-hmm, it relates back to
0: so many different things yeah okay we got two more uh okay this one is oh this is a good one What are your thoughts on married couples having friends of the opposite sex? Scenario one is the friend is from before they got married versus making a friend after they've been married.
2: Uh, It comes down to the expectations for the couples. Mm -hmm. Um, So personal example uh, for Aubrey and I, we have no problem with it. Um, But we say don't go, don't be at our house together Mm -hmm. um, alone. Um, But coffee, lunch, things in public, that's Mm -hmm. fine. Um, If it's extended periods of time or like a long road trip, we have a conversation around who it is. Mm -hmm. Um, But so I'm totally okay with it. Mm -hmm. But there needs to be some expectations around Mm -hmm. what it looks like and what you're comfortable with.
0: Okay. Does it then, does it play any role in what you guys do if the friend is single versus in a relationship
2: themselves? Sure. I mean, it's just something to be more aware of, right? Mm -hmm. I mean there's always more not always more but there's often more uh, potential or opportunities for the single person wanting to cross boundaries than Mm -hmm. the married person would have
0: Mm -hmm. so then what if um say the person had because i feel like i i hear about this a lot where um maybe the guy has this really or it could be the girl one of them has a really good friend of the opposite sex that they've been friends with i don't know for like the past 10 years or something and they hang out like all the time and now they're in this relationship and like the significant other has a problem with them spending so much time with this friend but it's like they've had this long relationship ahead of time
2: that question could play into uh or at least where i've seen it play out is this person has a really good relationship and a really good friendship mm-hmm. um and so there's a lot of emotional uh disclosure there mm-hmm. right there because they have so much history mm-hmm. they're able to share a lot of things with this friend that they don't necessarily share with the spouse so mm-hmm. the spouse g- could almost get or the partner whoever it might be might get more jealous yeah. in those cases mm-hmm. um i think there's kind of this natural reality that the more time you spend with someone and the deeper you grow there is more Uh, opportunity for attraction and so i Mm -hmm. think it's actually a valid concern to have Mm -hmm. um and so if that spouse is getting uncomfortable then honor your spouse right i mean Mm -hmm. or your partner whoever it might Mm be um and honor it in a way where it's not okay i'm never gonna hang out that friend anymore but Mm -hmm. honor it in a way where hey let's have this conversation hey is there any kind of mistrust behind this Mm -hmm. or hey are you sensing something or noticing something that i'm not picking up on because i'm open to that feedback Mm -hmm. so i'd say honor them by uh, opening up that conversation
0: mm-hmm. what if those people dated in the past
2: then I would just have uh, um, a much higher well, not, well let me see how I want to phrase that it doesn't necessarily mean that anything's going to happen mm-hmm. but I'd say you might want to be a little more hesitant than if somebody if they hadn't dated in the past perhaps
1: okay okay oh. Some firmer
0: boundaries. Yeah. How would yeah. you feel if Bud had like
1: we're both very jealous people, <laughs> so <laughs> I'd well. say that probably wouldn't go well.
0: Yeah, I feel like he'd be just as just yeah. as jealous the other way around.
1: But you figure we've known each other for Forever. fifteen yeah. years. Yeah. He knows every person that I've ever kissed in my entire life, has met them, knows them. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, I don't think I'm a yep. good example. Yeah.
2: Well, that's one of those examples where, hey, yeah, we just hang out in groups. Like, don't have to, that's to true. censor that relationship, mm-hmm. friendship at all. Mm-hmm. We just do it in groups. Yeah. And that's totally okay.
0: everyone's present and
1: accounted for.
0: Yeah. Okay. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so everyone's still here? No one's left? going off into the corner? Perfect. Okay, last one. This is a good one I think everyone needs to hear. Uh, how do you handle getting yourself out of an abusive relationship?
2: So, um, first step is to resource yourself and make sure that you're safe. Mm-hmm. Um, CORA is a C-O-R-A. It's mm-hmm. an organization you can Google. They help uh, people get out of those relationships and get shelter and the resources they need.
0: Is that like a nationwide thing or just in California?
2: Uh, I don't know. Okay. Um, it's been my main referral. I'm not quite sure if it's nationwide. Okay. Um, but come up with a safety plan to get out. And okay. so what I'd say is have... A bag with an extra set of keys and mm-hmm. a change of clothes uh, if you have your kids a, extra change of clothes with them um, make sure that that bag is subtle so it's not just like a suitcase in your yeah, like I'm ready to go right, at any moment's right. time yeah um, it might have to be hidden in the trunk of your car or it might have to be um, just a drawer with all those things so you know you could just unload that drawer into a big purse and leave mm-hmm. um, and then have somewhere set up to go where you know hey I can go over to this friend's house I can go over to this mom's house um, call the police if needed. Police Mm -hmm. can just do an escort where it's not a big thing where they can just come and uh, make sure that you get out of the house safely into your car. That's Mm -hmm. all it is. Um, That's just the practical things for safety. Mm -hmm. It's obviously a much bigger process, right? Because you're leaving someone that you do love and you do care about and it's really scary to get out of those situations. Mm -hmm. Um, So then you certainly need to seek professional help um, Mm -hmm. to process through those things.
4: Is
0: that something that when you say seek professional help that they should be doing on their own or they should be trying to do with the spouse
2: if there's safety issues on their own okay because they won't feel safe to bring up those things in a therapy session anyways Mm -hmm. and a good therapist would pick up on that and make sure they get an individual therapy um Telling your doctor, even at a mm-hmm. normal checkup, usually doctors have a really good screening. I'm perhaps yeah, he, I know yeah. I know every time I take Aubrey to a baby appointment, <laughs> like, check they your always, skin, yeah, the, any bruises. The, yeah, it's always is he beating you? I'm like, no, I'm not beating. Like, I'm okay. Yeah, but
1: yeah. they do that. It's good every time because through pregnancy you go in a lot, and every time I had there's like a dry erase like laminated thing, and it was like, are you safe in your home <laughs> yeah. and in your relationship? And you had to mark it every time you went in. Oh I'm very God. thankful that yeah. they do stuff like that. But and I are kind of like, haha, But for some it's, yeah. people, it's yeah. a really serious, important thing. And yeah. I'm glad that it's becoming more uh, yeah. normalized. Mm-hmm. In college,
0: when I played rugby, it was horrible because I had bruises all over me. And they were like big bruises and they were dark. And so Eric like, was so glad when I stopped playing rugby because he's like, when we walk out and you're in shorts in the summer, people give me the dirtiest looks. <laughs> oh, my God. Like, That's people are just amazing. glaring. And my doctor would ask me all the time, are you are you okay? And I'm like, oh yeah, these, I just got tackled. They're like, you got tackled. I'm like, no, 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 Like in a game, in a game, not at home. I promise we're okay. Everything's okay. But yeah, there are screenings. Cause like they taught us that in school too. Like what we do if, for. yeah, if your patient comes in, even if they're not willing to like say anything, just being like what signs to look out for in mm-hmm. case you have to make that judgment call of you're not safe to leave here. <laughs> I want to make sure you're okay. Um, okay. So then, pack bag make sure you have a place to go for the place to go does it do you suggest it's someone that the spouse like doesn't know where they live or like isn't super close with because i feel like that's what they always portray in the movies like you leave and then they show up the spouse the shows up yeah, yeah at the like friend's angrily. house or whatever mm-hmm. like what do you suggest for that
2: i if that's practical i mean if mm-hmm. you have a friend that's close enough that your spouse doesn't know where they live fantastic mm-hmm. Oftentimes that won't be available. Yeah, in which case the police get involved and restraining orders happen and Mm -hmm. Yeah, you just have to get law enforcement involved.
3: Gotcha.
0: Okay, and then the second part to this question is What if you're in the situation where your spouse controls your finances or you're in a scenario where There's like a visa involved. So now your whole like immigration status is potentially yeah in jeopardy.
2: Yeah, I can't speak to the immigration or the visa mm-hmm. um, I know there's there's nonprofits mm-hmm. that you could probably look up and they I would imagine have lawyers that you can consult with about that mm-hmm. um, I'd, I'd obviously highly recommend that mm-hmm. um, As far as finances. Yeah, it, it's hard to keep money Especially if your partner is really controlling. It's gonna be mm-hmm. hard for you to hide money anyways Yeah, um, and so that's where people like or organizations like Cora would be able to help okay um with subsidized housing or a shelter food that type of thing
0: nice okay so good to know Cora look it up we'll link it in our in our post for this if you guys need resources um okay do you have any more hitting questions we're gonna go to fun stuff
1: now no i thought like all of that was super important i'm over here taking notes (laughs) on like things to remember what did luke say to do what did he say not to do it was so
0: good (laughs) okay um okay so now we have some we got all that kind of deep heavy stuff out we're gonna (laughs) do some fun Weird questions that we just asked our guests. We didn't ask Bud these, but that's because he's going to be a regular. Be so, here. yeah, he'll which, be here. Again. Which I
2: tried to cheat because you told me that you're going to ask these to all your guests. So I listened to the end of Bud's last podcast. Oh, ha, and they I went on you. there. Like, I know. Oh,
0: <laughs> we'll ask Bud these next time when Eric's here. Yeah. Um, okay. So the first one is What would you name a boat if you had one?
3: Ooh.
1: I don't know that I would know my question, like my answers to this. Like
2: my first thought is like, I think there was that Reddit poll, like the Bodie McBoat face. Like that was the one. <laughs> and like I, every time I think of owning a boat, like I just want to like tag onto that. Um, it, I don't, it would have to be punny. Yeah. Like it has to have some Those kind of Those are always the best pun. ones. Mm-hmm. Yes. It can't be some generic. It has to be like really creative.
0: It can't be like the Charisse or something. Right. Yeah. I feel like a lot of people do that name after ladies, but oh, yeah. I like them better when they're funny. Mm-hmm
2: or be funny just name it after a man like do something like completely (laughs) like the bud yeah mr (laughs) mr frank
0: (laughs) okay so it'd have to be something punny we'll let you think about that one a little Mm -hmm. okay what is the most useless talent you have
2: all my talents are useful
0: (laughs) they're (laughs) useless
2: (laughs) the most useless talent i have
0: yeah Like, I guess it'd be like a party trick
2: almost.
1: Yeah, basically. Like, ooh, I could wiggle my ears. It doesn't add anything to my resume, but.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I'm a therapist. I'm not really the life of the party.
0: (laughs) People are like, I don't want to talk to you. You're going to evaluate me. Like, we'll just keep it there. Oh,
2: my gosh. We do, because we do get-togethers with therapists, like corporate get-togethers, and they are the most, no offense, boring events. Because you got a bunch of (laughs) introverted therapists Like that are really good at small talk, but they never really, yes. Are there
1: Uh, many therapists that are extroverts?
2: There's not a ton, because they probably feel cooped up in an. Yeah, a, I feel like that'd be hard for them to like day. sit
1: and like
0: listen to other people like all yeah. day long. They're
2: definitely out there, especially the ones that like to work with kids and families no, that, that makes have sense. that more yeah. energetic yeah. style. Um, useless talent. I. I don't know. That's a great question. <laughs>
1: See, that's how I thought. I, I was like, I wouldn't know the question. I, like, to be hit on the spot with this, yeah. is hard? <laughs> I can
2: make coffee in, like, eight different ways. Oh, which, that's pretty Which egg. I think is really cool and I think is useful. But when I ask people, like, hey, do you want coffee? How do you want it brewed? Like, nobody cares how I make the coffee. So, like, just make the goddamn so, like, just, coffee. Like
3: caffeinated? Yeah. So that's pretty useless.
2: So I have a lot of money invested into my coffee equipment, wow. but nobody cares. Ways.
4: So we're like, just going to come over French to your house to for coffee in in the morning. Yeah, how?
0: Yeah. French what are, press. What are the
4: ways?
2: Yeah, the, like
0: drip. Do you have that little drip thingy? That's like a little white cone that you put on top. Oh yeah. So it's so like I got the, the, yeah, the yeah,
2: V60, the mocha pot, the espresso oh machine. Aeropress makes the best coffee in Aeropress. my opinion. Okay. Um, and I have a siphon pot or a vacuum pot, which is gorgeous. It looks like <laughs> so. If you were if you were to go to my living room, it looks like I'm like a massive drug dealer because it's all big old glass objects. Yeah. That, like, they're, that's so funny. It's, I've never noticed. Oh yeah. It, <laughs> And so I can. This is the coolest, most expensive coffee thing I have. Uh, I can't make a good cup of coffee with it. Like I just haven't. Really? Yeah, it's so hard. So does
0: Aubrey like coffee as much as you do?
2: Oh no, she doesn't drink it. That's just me. Oh my god, (laughs) that is even better. So
1: yeah, that really is useless at your house. Hey, maybe you could show me how to use our milk frother. (laughs) I keep doing it wrong. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm like, "Ah, I'm making a latte. I think my brother told me I was making a latte with coffee, and he's like, you need to do it with espresso. That's not how. I don't, i'm doing something wrong
0: oh like, interesting no we went to we went to seattle we went to that like starbucks yeah. reserve like the fancy place yeah. and yeah they kept asking us like do you want your co- which way do you want your coffee made i'm like hot hot or cold is that what you're asking me hot i'll take hot They're like no 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 we have Watching this machine and this machine i was like pick one not the most expensive one but pick one and i'll take that <laughs>
1: I got an Emerald City mule, which is like a coffee cocktail. Oh yeah, Ooh. they have a bar there. Have you yeah. been?
3: Yeah. Where? Have you been to Seattle? Yes.
0: Have you been to the Starbucks Reserve?
1: It's not there? the one in Pike's place. It's the one that's like up in the middle of the city. With no. the <gasps> street. No, I
2: haven't been to that. Oh, you gotta enough. go. But they have a lot of cool coffee shops. I hit a few of them when we yeah. were up there. Yeah.
0: That this place it's like they have like coffee tastings, so they like mm-hmm. pairings. Get, like, there's flights. a whole section for pairings. Cool. There's like a place that sounds like your living room, where there's like all these glass yes. containers and you can get coffee made any sort of way. And then there's a full surface bar where mm-hmm. there's cocktails, coffee cocktails oh. that they make super it's so fancy. It's you very would love cool. it there. Road you trip, ta- mm-hmm. yeah, take a trip up just for that all if right. you're a coffee fan. Hey, baby moon. Baby moon.
2: <laughs>
0: okay, next one is. <laughs> what is the best purchase you've ever made and what is the worst purchase you have ever made
2: best purchase yeah all my outdoor act so bikes mm-hmm. and i paddleboard which was part purchase part gift
3: mm-hmm.
2: um my self-care is getting out in the mountains on a river on a lake
3: mm-hmm.
2: um, because those are the gifts that those are the purchase that keep on giving where it's like true. i feel just refreshed and rejuvenated every time i use them um worst purchase was probably that coffee pot of candy it, it was way too expensive for what it's for
1: how much did that cost
2: i think it was like 90 dollars oh i thought you were gonna say like 900 oh, yeah. i was no. like
1: no. oh that's no biggie i mean <laughs> even all the things on youtube there's a youtube video for everything that's so true. no yeah. luck
2: no well so no No. <laughs> youtube and i've actually went to there's a place in Redwood city that does it and oh. i try to learn from them but
0: Oh wow, you Not like yet. put in the effort for oh, this. Yes. I would have just been like, put it on Craigslist. for. I can't use this. We're selling it. <laughs> um Okay. Do you mountain bike or road bike?
2: I mountain bike and I fix gear bike. So I mountain uh-huh. bike when I'm for sure here when I lived in LA. The mountains suck in LA. Uh, yeah. And so they're just <laughs> hot and high and the And there's trails tarantulas. Are, and there's tarantulas and, what? and cacti and,
0: and these big like goats with horns like up to yeah. Yes. No they yes. goats, I don't know.
2: So I got into fixed gear riding in LA mm-hmm. and I would take the uh, Muni or whatever it was there into oh, yeah. downtown LA and ride it around. And nice. Yes. Very
0: nice. Okay. And then the last one is, <laughs> what is a compliment you hate because it's actually an insult?
3: Ooh. Uh,
2: when people will like reassure me that I'm funny, like oh, <laughs> like oh you're funny, which of like nobody if you're actually funny people. No don't one say tells you right? Yeah, you're so oh, funny. That's true. So it's like it's like or like you dress nice. So it's like it's like compliments. I'm like yeah, I I think that was a pity. Compliment. Where there's like hesitation right, in their voice. Right. I hate those. Just like tell me I need to get a new outfit. Like I'm, I'm good <laughs> Just with. I'm tell good me with like the that's feedback. not working for yeah.
0: you. I mean. Yeah. I did I, I'm guilty of that with you because when you went through that like color pant phase Oh yeah I was just like you look fabulous. Those are very bright yes. pants, but you
1: look fabulous. Yes. Hey, if anybody could pull them off, you could.
0: I mean, honestly, he was the only person.
1: Yeah, that it, would. It was hands the upgrade down.
2: from the Crocs and the Puka shells. <laughs>
1: yeah, my dad <laughs> See, still remembers wore, wa- like out. seeing you every day driving to school with your flip flops year round. Didn't matter. Oh, yeah,
2: I still do it. Mm-hmm. Oh
0: yeah, I'm wearing flip flops yeah. right now.
3: We live we're in, in California,
0: California. Yeah, like, like seasonal. Even when it's raining, you're like, eh, I'm not gonna be in the rain that long. Throw them on.
2: Well and when I had to get more professional, I eventually had to grow. (laughs) Get rid of of all those things. Yeah. I do have muted though. I have olive green and mustard pants. So I Mm. kinda went muted colors. That's okay. But I went for very vibrant socks. those i
0: can get on that train yeah Yeah, like when i was at my last rotation we had to take our shoes off all the time to get on the mats with patients and so i was like i have to dress in all navy how boring is this so i'm like we're up in the sock game like the cool because people love looking at cool socks
1: Kendra got me a thing for Christmas. It's fifteen days of Disney princess socks. <gasps> what? <gasps> yeah. So <gasps> That's I now cool. have different Disney princess socks for Fifteen different days. Are they like the low cut socks or are they like There was a combo of both. <gasps> mm-hmm. They thought so of it. There was like five high
0: and ten low. I love it. That's good stuff. I like Do you wear the high socks? I mean I guess you kinda of have to in your pants yeah. like dress socks. Yeah, right? yeah. dress socks. Yeah. what's your favorite like sock brand? Where do you get your cool socks?
2: Um just the cheap Amazon ones, to be honest, because I oh. like to rotate through the colors. So they only last a few months, but then I get to get new socks.
0: There you that's go. exciting. <laughs> I feel like that's that's something I never get is new socks.
1: Yeah. I'm just like, eh. I, until I there's feel holes. like you as an adult, things. I need to like go through my sock and underwear drawer. Yeah. Like those are things that need... Revamping,
2: or like when they smell even after you wash them. <laughs> like like mm-hmm. Aubrey will be like, "Your socks are done." Like, like I'm gonna throw we, them out the am
0: yeah. So sorry. <laughs> well, I'm glad
1: you have her to do
0: that though. Yeah. Because, like these are fine. Yes. Like no one's gonna see them anyway. No one's gonna be down by my feet. Yes. Oh, well that's good. Okay.
1: Thank you for coming. Yeah.
0: Thank you yeah, for talking to us really about all this, this fun stuff. This
1: is great. I feel like this is information that everybody can use and relate yeah. into different parts of life.
0: For sure. And I mean, I'm sure if people aren't going through this themselves they have a friend or a family member that you know has something like one of these things going on so Mm -hmm. I'm sure it's very helpful
2: yeah
1: valuable information
0: information. do you have anything else you wanna
2: no I just appreciate you guys and getting real and getting to the deep stuff and then getting to the fun stuff it's that's what life is right
0: mm -hmm. yeah I mean this grew out of us just having our wine time conversations and being like yeah. other people have to be talking about it. like we can't be the only oh people gosh. like wondering these things or like chatting about it so we're like let's start a podcast and yeah. see if other people enjoy our conversation. yes <laughs> so well mm-hmm. we're so glad you came by you are Thank very you. welcome we hope you have a wonderful valentine's day I, I want to hear about it yes. the whole trip yes. so we'll have you back on you can
2: round two yeah
0: mm-hmm. round two or we're probably gonna have you on for a couple different episodes so
1: Thank you. We'll talk to you later. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of I'm Already Tired. Don't forget to take care of yourself mentally, physically, and emotionally. And check back in with us next week on any of your favorite podcasting platforms. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at I'm Already Tired Podcast and on Twitter at underscore I'm Already Tired.